Welcome to Cowgirl Talk, where we empower you to live authentically through real food, real talk, and real life, brought together by our love of cows. We're your hosts, Emily, a farmer and rural-ish girly from Wisconsin. Haley, a food blogger and dairy farmer's daughter from New York. And Emily, a dairy lover and personal trainer living in Florida. Welcome to episode eight of Cowgirl Talk. We are diving into a fun topic this week of women in agriculture. So obviously all three of us are involved in some capacity. That is why this podcast was born for our love of agriculture and being women in it. And we've had some DMs and questions since launching this podcast about you know, different ways to become involved in ag if you're not already, or how do you stay involved? Because we all have our own separate journeys of how we've started and taken our own paths, and we're all involved in different capacities. So we kind of just wanted to expand on, you know, whether or not you're on the farm, you're working through the trenches every day, you're a mom on the farm, or you're looking to become involved, or you were once involved and want to hop back in, that's kind of targeted um, what we're going to be talking about today. But first, let's dive into our happy crappies. Shmem, what are your uh, happies of this week? By the time this episode airs, and I feel like I need to knock on wood because I don't want to jinx things, we should be done with harvest. Yay! Which is just, like, such a good, such a relief to, like, have that off the plate of, like, Avery and I were talking about it the other day is people don't realize how much money farmers have invested into their crops and into their fields and like to just have it harvested in the bins on the way to the ethanol plants it's just like such a good feeling to have it done and it just when you're done like I'm able to be back at my house working on all my other things instead of in the scale house all day which I'm very much looking forward to. And then also obviously Thanksgiving was freaking bomb so can't forget about that. And then um, this upcoming weekend, so the weekend after this episode airs, is our tractor prom, which is our tractor pulling banquet. <laughs> I always call it tractor prom, you know, just to add a little fun to it. So we got to get all dressed up, and I always use it as an excuse because, like, when else am I going to get dressed up in, like, a nice dress and have my, get my hair done, do my makeup, like, look bougie and extra? And so I just, like, make it a moment. Like, I'm trying to be that extra girl that's, like, dressed to the nines because I just love to dress up sometimes so I'm looking forward to that then my crappy is I just have like so many year-end things that I need to wrap up which is like part of being a business owner is you have that but it's just like not the fun stuff of being a business owner it's like the back-end thing so I'm kind of dreading doing those but it is what it is Yes, here for both of those. Here for you going all out. I'm all for it. I can't wait to see pictures on your Instagram um, and see what dress you pick. That's so fun. It's fun to get dressed up. Love Do you it. have a dress picked out already? Yeah, so I had a dress that I was obsessed with and I was, like, was ready to order it. I'm like, this is it. This is the dress I'm going to wear. And it sold out in my size. Oh, <laughs> I was going to say, what about Rent the Runway if you don't have a dress yet? I love Rent the Runway. I Okay, I haven't done that yet. I'm... I need to look into it because I feel like because when I get dresses like this, like I only really wear it that one time and then I don't really wear it again. So I feel like I need to look into the Rent the Runway. The only thing is I'm concerned is like there's a lot of um, like dancing and alcohol and I'm afraid to get like it dirty. It's fine. Like you can, I mean, you can't send it back shredded, but you can really send it back in, you know, not the exact condition that you got it. And when you do it, 
you do get two sizes. So if oh. one doesn't fit, you automatically get another size with it. So highly oh. recommend for you and anyone listening. Okay, I'm now I'm gonna need to go look at Rent the Runway after this and avoid all other responsibilities until <laughs> I <laughs> Now I do have a dress that well, I found a dress that I liked, then I was out in my size, and then I was looking and I found another dress that's the same color, just a different style that I really like. So maybe that, but now I'm gonna have to look at Rent the Runway first. Do it. What about you guys? For me, by the time this by the time people are listening to this, I will be frolicking around Europe. So I hope it still stays happy <laughs> the entire time. But I have been in Europe with my husband, Ruben, and his friend, but our friend came in and just about a week-long trip, Switzerland, Paris, back to Switzerland. And we're just enjoying all of the European culture, <laughs> I guess you could say. And there's going to be Christmas markets and lots of croissants, uh, whatever else they eat over there. I'm going to be eating a lot of it. So that's very much a happy for me, but along with that, and it's not, it's a very like privileged crappy, but due to the travel, just the time change always throws me off a little bit. And I even think the days seem a little bit shorter there as well. Maybe that's just a mindset thing because of the time change, but also Europe is amazing for having a train system that goes literally everywhere. But with that, we're going to be on the train. I feel like half the trip. So we're going to be on the go. So the crappy may be a little bit tired, but all in like name of the game. You, what is it? Like, what's the saying? You like work hard, play hard or something. I feel like there's a cooler saying. Than that. <laughs> Travel hard, play hard. No, I don't know. <laughs> Love it. You have to take pictures of brown Swiss cows. If you see them in Switzerland. I know. I don't know if we're going to get to see the agriculture side of it, but back in college, my senior year, at Penn State, the Dairy Science Club, we actually did go to Austria and Switzerland. And so I did get to see some of the true, you know, Swiss Swiss in Switzerland. So cute. Love That's it. So pretty. Like my grandparents, or yeah, my grandparents one time and then my grandma and my dad went to Switzerland and they sent me all the cow photos. And I just feel like that would be the best of you to have. And of course, you're going to have to eat lots of cheese while you're there too. Yes. Yes. Lots of cheese, croissants, coffee. And that I feel like there's so many other cool things. People listening probably like you're so uncultured, but that's <laughs> those are a lot of the things that I will be consuming. But aside from my European happy crappies, Haley, what are your happy crappies? Uh, my happy is just like overall jiving with life because it's the holidays. Obviously, Thanksgiving's past when this will air, and diving into Christmas. I'm doing a I think I'm going to do two Christmas series, like recipe series. So I'm really packing full plate for, but I mean, it's the time of year with food content and everything. So yeah, I'm just like thriving this time of year and it's going by really fast, but that is my crappy. I need to remember it's, it's just the dark and the change of schedule. I'm like, it always messes with my like circadian rhythm where I just don't sleep good. I can't fall asleep at night. I don't sleep at night. And then I'm exhausted in the morning and like, I want to take a nap during the day is when I'm tired and I'm like wide awake at night. It's just so weird. So I always struggle with that of just like adjusting to time change and yeah, it's dark and that's depressing, but like it's to the point where my sleep schedule just gets completely thrown askew. So nothing some melatonin gummies can't handle. Bailey, <laughs> last year, did you share like making ornaments? Yes, I did Salto ornaments last year. I need you to send me the recipe ASAP yeah. when we're done with this. Yeah, I'm, so oh my god, 
Maddie made them too. That was cute. Yeah. Can you give us a teaser of some of your recipes? Ooh. Uh, it's more so like the series. So I know everyone does like all these Christmas recipes and they're all amazing and it's easy to like compare yourself to other food creators, but I want to do something different. And um, my friend Evelyn from New York Farm Girls actually inspired me to do this. Um, I want to do like a vintage Christmas dish series of like, you know, like the old, old recipe books where it just looks like wild with like cherries on the cake, like really unique, old, vintage, like British style dishes. So, oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm like a little whipping up some nostalgia in the kitchen and doing one of those. So I'm having so much fun, like researching and going through like BBC recipe books to get inspiration. So it's fun. That sounds amazing. And you'll do it with your little jazz Christmas music yeah. playlist in the background. <laughs> vibing. The vibes are vibing. So much so. nostalgia. I'm already, I'm like feeling it for you. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I love it. I mean, I love like aesthetically pleasing, like monochromatic white interiors, clean, crisp white marble kitchens. But like, honestly, Evelyn and I were saying, I miss like the nostalgic, like multicolored Christmas lights and like color and coziness and like the way, like the home alone house, like it used to yeah. be like red brick, just like there's so much life to it. Like Christmas is so, it's easily becomes bleak when you're old. So bringing back the nostalgia of Christmas. Not as aesthetic, but more memories with it. Yeah. Fun. So I, on the aesthetic side of Christmas things, I really want to do a lot of DIY Christmas decorations. I say this every year and I never do it, but I've been looking <laughs> into like the dried oranges and cranberries and like using bits of nature to like bring it into my house. Mm -hmm. I don't know why, like that aesthetic to me, I just feel, and actually we're kind of going to talk about it later in the episode too, of like being one with nature and like being mm -hmm. involved in it. Like, I don't know. It just feels so cozy to me. I love that. Love that so much. We can't wait to see it. <laughs> That's why I'm like, I need those, uh, that recipe that you used for them. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Definitely we'll resurface that. But yeah, let's dive into our episode of the significance of being a woman in ag. And like I mentioned before, we've had some questions come in through our DMs and whatnot on the subject. So we figured we'd start with those. But yeah, so diving right into it, I had a woman reach out to me and I loved this question so much. And she more so just asked about how we kind of feel about this topic, because I know a lot of people can relate to this. A lot of ladies specifically, as I know, I have really related to this question at times. So I'm reading the question and it goes, I'd love to hear you talk about the stigma of being an ag girl who doesn't work directly with animals every day anymore. I went to school for animal science with a livestock concentration and ag business, and I love, love, love cattle, but I unfortunately have not been able to find a job in ag that pays enough for me to cover my bills. So I'm working in insurance. She said, I feel like I'm seen as, oh, she doesn't know what she's talking about when it comes to ag because she doesn't work in the industry anymore. She asked, have you ever felt this way? And she said, she doesn't know if it's been an issue for like us just because we've kind of felt our spot, but very often she feels almost less than because of this. And again, I can relate to this question in a lot of ways, just because for a little bit of my story, I grew up in dairy and I'm very lucky to have been born into the dairy industry, but I didn't grow up directly on a farm. And so while being heavily involved in dairy, we were always kind of the kids who we didn't come right from the farm. Right. So we also played a lot of sports and we had a flexible schedule. Like we could go on trips. And I think 
sometimes when you can have a flexible schedule or you just don't live the typical on-farm lifestyle, it can be looked down upon by people in agriculture. And I think so often when we think of ag, it's directly about like the animals being on the farm, being in the fields. And yes, that's what agriculture like comes down to the animals, the crops, the land, that's what produces the products. But for me, something that has really helped me and just for anyone listening is remembering that agriculture has so many faces. There's so many facets to it. And your unique experience in agriculture is going to be able to bring in a unique perspective. And even if it's not maybe the perspective of, okay, well, I work with cows every day. So I have the most knowledge about their nutrition, or I have the most knowledge about like, what's the best soil for corn to grow in. Even if it's you being an insurance or for me, I'm literally an online personal trainer, right? Like I'm not in any capacity involved in ag in the typical way, but your outside experiences, I think can bring in a really awesome perspective that people directly on the farm or directly with the animals, directly with the crops, maybe don't have the experience with, or sometimes they just forget about, right? So for me, I have kind of found my place in remembering that, okay, I didn't grow up directly on a farm. And so maybe I don't have the exact knowledge and experience and perspective of a farm kid or someone who's still directly doing that. But I can now bring in an outside perspective of maybe like what a consumer would have, or maybe someone who's just needs to ask a question in like a really simplified way, you know, I can relate to them. And so I think we have to remember that just because your perspective and your experience is different, it doesn't mean it's wrong. But within agriculture, it's not just being on the farm. It's not just the animals. It's not just the crops, but it's every job and every person involved and every person who advocates for it benefits it in so many ways and benefits what the core of agriculture is. And I think if you ever do feel like shunned or you feel like people are trying to kind of cast you out, I think we need to remember that we should want more people to be involved in agriculture. So for anyone listening who has potentially ever done that or have like has felt annoyed by someone asking a question or someone wanting to get involved and maybe didn't want them to, we should want as many people as possible to be involved in agriculture and to have an interest in it. We make up what, 2% of the population? Like why would we not want more people involved? Even if it's not in a traditional way, it's still something we should open up to other people. Like we'll complain about, oh, no one understands agriculture or the animal side of it. But then when someone wants to get involved or someone has a question, sometimes we act like assholes. And so I think it's so important to welcome in the unique perspectives and know that your perspective, your job, your ideas have a place, even if not in the most traditional sense. So kind of went on a pedestal there, but I'll get off it now and <laughs> let y'all take the reins. I was actually going to say, I have a few trains of thoughts. And my first one was that I can get on such a high horse of talking about how in agriculture, we need to be welcoming of other people and other perspectives. But Emily, you did a great job of saying like my things and my thoughts with it too. So I won't get on that high horse. Um, my other train of thought too, that goes along with that. Uh, like I said, I have a few is to is remembering that being involved in agriculture doesn't mean you have to be on the farm, especially like, so here in Wisconsin, I think it's one in nine or one in 10 jobs in the entire state are related to agriculture. And there are so many jobs that are either an aspect of agriculture or like somehow play into it or tie into it. That's not exactly on the farm. And so for example, with this um, person who DM'd in is like, you work in insurance, is there an insurance job within agriculture that you can look into that 
you're still involved in the industry and you're still doing the job that like she said, um, making money, like making her money and stuff. So while yes, maybe you want to be the one on the farm, even if you're not able to be the one on the farm, there's still so many different ways you can use the skill sets that you have and bring it back to agriculture just in different facets. Um, and the other train of thought that I have, this is actually a personal story of how I became involved in agriculture because if you are familiar with my story is while my grandparents had a dairy farm, I was not that farm kid. I didn't grow up on a farm and I really didn't become involved in agriculture until I was in high school. Um, my mom did sign me up for 4-H when I was in elementary school and with being in 4-H, you know, you go and show up at the fair and I, as I'm a horse girl, I ride horses, I rode horses then and so I showed my horse at the fair and I had a friend who was in my same 4-H club who showed cattle and I was like, oh perfect, like I'll go hang out with her at the fair. Well, it turns out that her and her mom were talking to people saying like to not talk to me, that I was this weird girl that I didn't belong in agriculture, that I didn't belong like in all these different things, which first of all, it's just so freaking sad for people to say about somebody else. But we have moved on from that situation. <laughs> but I think because of knowing that that happened to me, like I'm a very stubborn person and it took a lot of like my own stubbornness and willpower to be like, you don't want me here. I will be here. Like I will be taking up the space that I want to take up. And I think that's like my message is like, you're allowed to take up the space that you want to take up, whether it's being involved in agriculture or whether it's, there are so many different scenarios, but like you are allowed to follow your passion and follow your, like where you want to be. And you're allowed to take up that space. Even if there are naysayers, like be a stubborn boss ass bitch and be like, no, I belong here. And that's, I mean, that's literally like, I did that as I was like stubborn, like, I'm going to prove you wrong. I'm going to prove that I belong to be here. And I mean, I think I, not to toot my own horn too much, but like to toot my own horn, I did that. So mm -hmm. sometimes it, it takes being that to be, get, to get where you want, but yeah, that's my absolutely. story. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think, well, for one, it's just BS. Like if I'm sorry to this person that this is what you're experiencing and yeah, I've seen it happen too. And if it makes you feel better, um, to those listening that feel this way, I grew up on a dairy farm and still experience this. People are just going to suck no matter what. You're going to always run into shitty people in life. And if it makes you feel better too, this happens in every industry. Like mm -hmm. as you started in healthcare, there's rotten people there or like sports or like, you know, whatever. And yeah, I grew up on a dairy farm, but I still ran into this because people will find problems in anything. And it, for me, it was protection around like the dairy princess program. I didn't grow up in it as a kid. I wanted to get into it in high school and I had the worst time with it of just adults and people being so mean and nasty of not wanting me to get involved. So it's like, I was directly involved, but still like a subcategory of the involvement was an issue for people. And like Emily said, People are so defensive and get so like, e like, no about it. And like, oh, I don't want you here. And they're, they're so desperately like that because they're grasping at straws because they really can't set up a fence and keep you out. And that is the power within you of, sorry, you can't kick me out of this. I have every right to be here. I can be here. And that's why they're so like up tutti frutti about it annoyed because like they want to keep you out but they can't and that's what I did with Dairy Princess like sorry you're gonna be an a-hole but 
I'm here and I'm going to do it. Sorry, XOXO. Same with showing cows. I didn't grow up showing cows. Grew up on a dairy farm. Didn't grow up showing cows. Didn't start till I was high school. My gosh, people have to like exude so much power of like, I know what I'm doing. Like, cool. Good for you. I'm still going to do this. And if you spend so much time worrying about, you know, what do people think of me? It's going to take away from your joy of just, I love this. This is fun. So I think maybe if it, you look at it as a mindset thing of it's not a direct attack on you, people will find a problem with anything, with any industry, within every facet of every industry. Um, you have a right to be there. And I hate to break it to people too, like the little boogers and misery gut people and ag that don't want people involved. I get it. Sometimes it can be annoying, but if you eat food, you're involved, sweet cheeks. So I'm feeling really spicy about this. I love this <laughs> about it. But like, if you and like, if you're feeling like you can't be involved, you eat food, you're involved. Welcome to the club. It's great here. We love it. Um, yeah, there. I think it's just a big made up figment of people thinking that they can kick you out when it's like you literally physically cannot put up a barrier and keep you out. This is something, too, that I had, again, like I said, I have a high horse that I could absolutely get on with this, and I'm not going to get on it more because I think it's something we could all rant about, mm -hmm. but um, this is something that I have said over and over and over again is, like, we as agriculture can't demand respect from people if we don't give mm -hmm. respect back, and it's the same thing for people who are asking questions about us being, or asking questions about agriculture or just curious or like want to learn more like you can't be a bitch back to them because you're just going to turn them off i'm so sorry but that's the that's the way it is um and then one other thing that i wanted to say too is like because of that experience i had growing up like that's why i host a farm camp i have on our farm is to show kids that even if you're not from a farm and stuff like there's still a place for you in agriculture and even if you just want to learn what it is to be on a farm like you are welcome here. And I just, I hate when people are so like aggressive towards being like, you don't belong here. It's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> it's like, why? Why? I'm actually going to say, shut the fuck up. Right. Like, and like, your involvement, like the question was when you're not directly involved in ag, if you have a love for it and you want to put a picture up of a cow on your desk, that's not an ag job. And that annoys people. Like the result is sorry. I like it. And I'm can do that. Because yeah, I enjoy like, it and it's your life to enjoy. So if that's, mm -hmm. if cows make you happy and you have knowledge on them and all the, like, take, there you go. And I, I think it helped when I worked in the technical industry too, of seeing like we would bring outside people in to come speak and farmers would get value out of that. You have such a unique perspective. Like you said, we bring in economists or um, food brands and companies. Like you bring so much perspective and the people that matter in agriculture are going to see that and welcome you in because you bring really unique perspective to their businesses. Um, the second question was, as someone who didn't grow up on a farm, how do you get started? And we're going to have Shmem answer this because um, she relates to this the most. What's your advice, Shmem? Yeah, my advice is to get involved in different things. Like the real true core reason that I became involved in agriculture was because I joined FFA and I was able to meet people from all over the U.S. and learn about their farms, learn about their farming experiences. I was able to eat pro meet, eat professionals, meet professionals. <laughs> I was able to, yeah, not eating professionals. I was able to... Um, I was able to meet professionals and get to know more about their industry, get to know how they got their career or what they're doing. And my biggest advice that I always give to high schoolers and people that ask me this question 
um, is always, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And I think that for me really started when I joined for, or joined FFA and got involved. And from there, I went to college and I studied animal science. But again, I didn't have that farm kit background, but I relied on people I met through organizations I was involved in, my professors. And I, like, my network just grew. And because of that, I had different opportunities in agriculture, different places I could intern at, different people I met and stuff. And so my biggest piece of advice is to get involved. And I know... Um, Obviously, if you're out of college and stuff, you're not going to be able to be involved in those high school or college organizations. But um, I think one important organization that people could join would be their county farm bureaus. And you don't have to be a farmer mm -hmm. to join count or to join farm bureau. Um, you can just have a passion for agriculture. Mm -hmm. And I think that would be something that would definitely open up your network and open up your web of people involved in agriculture. And then um, you can just learn different ways that way. Yeah, and building on that quickly because. I grew up with an egg. So again, I feel very lucky and privileged to been able to do so. But one of the coolest things I remember seeing at FFA state convention, and I'm sure it was like this at 4-H too, is some of the biggest groups of the FFA kids from different schools were like the inner city schools, right? Like the mm -hmm. Philadelphia FFA club. And typically when I think, okay, there's not necessarily, there's not a farm like in the middle of Philadelphia, but it was still giving these kids the opportunity to get involved. And I think sometimes we forget like, it could be kids literally like having a rabbit. I know there's rabbit 4-H projects. There's growing a garden on the rooftop of your school, right? There's so many ways to get involved. And I love seeing more organizations like that. And it's just really, really cool. And yeah, just because you didn't grow up in it doesn't mean you can't go to school for it. One of our coaches, she did not grow up in agriculture at all, but then she went to school for animal science and then found a love for it. So like you said, Emily, I think just get involved and you might be surprised by all the doors that can open for you. Mm -hmm. um, the other question was, as a high schooler involved in FFA, so a little more specific, what LDEs or CDEs do you recommend? And we'll have you guys explain those too, because I didn't do FFA. I had no idea what this was. <laughs> so an LDE is a leadership development event. So such as like creed speaking. So for FFA, you have the FFA creed that you recite as an eighth grader or freshman, I think. And then there's different what or like different events like um, extemporaneous speeching, speaking, prepared speech, um, job interview. Those are the ones that I did. So that's the only ones I <laughs> can list off right now. But there's different like basically. Oh, I think one now is like ag communications and stuff. And so there's definitely a lot of like if you are somebody um, that's a high schooler and you're looking to expand like your professional skills. Um, there's definitely a lot there for you to do. And then CDEs are career development events. So they're more focused on like actual careers in agriculture. I think the ones that I did in high school was poultry judging and don't ask me shit about poultry. Cause I know nothing <laughs> now. Um, I mean, I know some things, but not much. And then equine judging and there's something else that I did. Did oh, you ever no. do dairy judging? Oh God, no. <laughs> we have like, Okay, I say that oh, as, oh, God, no, just because, like, because I'm from Wisconsin, like, we had people that, like, had done, dairy, like, dairy mm -hmm. judging their entire lives. Yep. Whereas, like, I didn't grow up dairy judging, so, yeah. like, I was definitely not at the level of being able to do that. Um, the other one I did, though, that was related to dairy was milk quality. Mm. Like, you taste, yeah, because we're using milk. 
Yeah, I you like it. drink rancid milk or cheese and have to figure oh, out yeah. how cheese it is and stuff. But anyway, the whole getting back to the core of the question is I would say any LDE that you can do that helps you work on your communication and being um, a good communicator, it's going to help you regardless of what you do, whether you're going to work on a farm, going to work in a corporate career, like having good communication is key. And so Anything that helps you with that, uh, which every LDE does, like just choose one and master it. And then the next year, choose a different one and master it and like keep working on it. Because the skills that you gain from that are just like, they're really good skills to have. Mm -hmm. Um, And then for career development events, I would say, I mean, talk with your advisor, talk about things that you're interested in. For example, if you're interested in a certain species, then do that as you're judging. Um, If you're interested in... I don't know. Like I've been so far removed from FFA too, but like we're so old, right? <laughs> but there are like so many different opportunities. Think about something. I the other thing too is like I just thought of this now. But like so, say you're a dairy kid and you know a lot about dairy. Maybe expand and choose something different to learn because you're going to expand your knowledge and just be able like be a more well-rounded person, a more well knowledgeable person by expanding your exposure to different parts of agriculture. Hmm. That's my thoughts. I've been very far removed from FFA though for a while. But either way, I think it goes to show that for anyone who wants to get involved listening, or even if it's your kids or people, you know, there are so many opportunities to do so. And again, whether you go directly into ag or not, everything that you're going to be learning from, it's going to be beneficial in so many aspects of life. Mm For sure. Let's talk about some of our personal experiences that we've had as being a woman in agriculture. Being a woman in agriculture is very beautiful, but sometimes we have shitty experiences. <laughs> so we're going to talk about it because, you know, let's be real. Haley, I want you to share a little bit about your story of going on farms and being involved in sales. And I know you have some juicy stuff. <laughs> yeah, I don't want this to be like a rant fest necessarily, but hopefully it can offer like perspective that if someone's feeling like they're alone and what they're experiencing or, um, you know, like, Oh, maybe I just need to deal with this, whatever. Um, and like, over, so for those that might be new or don't follow me on Instagram, um, I worked four and a half years out of college. I, um, with an ag science degree in science, technical sales. So like my job, my company would research different products, feed additives, and I would deliver all that technical information um, to feed companies, farms, veterinarians, etc. Um, and all my counterparts, like competitors and team members, frankly, um, I can say whatever I want now, we're like middle-aged <laughs> white men, literally, and as, as well as every other person in the Northeast dairy industry and beyond of in the technical field of nutrition conferences and um, practitioner conferences. Um, yeah, it's just literally all like old middle-aged white men, which is fine, whatever. Um, it's just a generational shift I think that we're caught up in, but definitely me being a 25 year old six foot blonde girl showing up was not what they expected to be in showing up. Um, so it was, you know, obviously very noticeable of like, I recognize that this is, you know, different. So I didn't take offense to things, but I think, you, I guess my best advice is like, I've done the gig of walking into a conference room or a banquet room at a distinguished university conference. And I'm young and recognize that I'm young. And maybe 
you know, I don't have as much experience as everyone collectively here, but I still have a deserve a seat at the table and I still deserve to be taken seriously in conversation and I still have knowledge to give. And that's something I struggled with. I wish I, you know, got over it sooner in my career is I always felt like I didn't have much to give because everyone I'm talking to is older and wiser. And, um, I still have, like we talked about perspective and ideas and important value to give. Um, and that's something that I discredited. And of course there's, I've been, you know, pulling in a farm driveways hundreds of times in my career. So it's only a handful of times where, you know, it's a negative experience, but unfortunately those do happen where I take a lot of time in preparing the technical information that I'm going to deliver and prepping that. And the person's not listening to me at all because they're just interested in other things about me as a female, which is very unfortunate and leaving places crying. But, um, yeah, it's always funny whenever like podcast interviews or things I've done more since she likes milk of people asking like, what's it like to be a woman in ag? Like everyone gives like, Oh, you know, it's beautiful and flowering. And it's like, I don't think it's talked about enough what I'm saying or that it sucks. You get inappropriate comments or you're not taken seriously. And I'll be honest, like talking about this, I feel weird because it's like, Oh, I sound like I think I'm an attractive girl and I think everyone wants to date me, whatever. Like, I don't want feel like attention seeking maybe. So maybe it's not talked about, but I think we should talk about it. So, um, that's, you know, it's not a negative thing. It's empowering. And there's, I've met a lot of other amazing women in agriculture along the way. And my best advice is put your best foot forward, knowing you have a deserve a seat at the table. You got yourself here and make connections with those other women in the industry that you're working in because they're fun to hash out and rant and then you get over it with and they tell you something empowering and you can move on with your career. But yeah, that's, <laughs> I think, uh, a toilet paper on farms. That was the other thing I didn't want to forget, man, the best situations on farms, never anything my male counterparts ever had to worry about. And meanwhile, I like go to the farm bathroom and there's like a diesel rag. I'm like to wipe with, I'm like, awesome. This is just so cute. <laughs> Great. So yeah. Love that. Uh, <laughs> summer when the corn was high and I'd keep toilet paper in my truck and I would pee in the cornfields. But then once the corn was chopped, it's like, well, there goes. The <laughs> <laughs> well, Haley, you and I, we actually met at one of like in person yeah. at uh, a dairy girl network event. And so mm-hmm. That's how, that's how we met in person and Shrem and I, we met at a cow show, which there was a mixture of people there, but I love what you said of just knowing that unfortunately you are just going to have some negative experiences, but I think it's going to be so impactful who you surround yourself with mm-hmm. and knowing that maybe in the day to day, you're going to be around people who just potentially don't understand you, people that are going to piss you off, but in other ways, whether it's virtually or in person, get involved with groups of women that can understand where you're coming from, understand what you're dealing with, right? Because it can feel very discouraging sometimes when we are maybe not taken as seriously or for whatever reason, or our advice is just not heard as it would be potentially Mm -hmm. from someone else. But I think something as well that's going to be really important is like you said, like we should be taken seriously. We want other people to take us seriously, we need to make sure like we're taking ourselves seriously. Mm-hmm. We need to make sure we're confident in our own ability and what we're bringing to the table. And I know that's so much easier said than done, but if we want these counterparts, the people we're going to the farm or the office or the feed mill, we want these people to look at us in the same level of others. We need to make sure that we are just confident in what we're doing and knowing that we are bringing value. Again, you don't have to like, yeah. be an expert, but I think again, just walking the walk to make sure that you know that you're 
bringing the amount of respect for yourself that you want other people to be providing to you too. Absolutely. And I remember at that, I will never forget this, at that conference we met at Dairy Girl Network, there was a girl, I think she was with Merck, like a marketing girl. Yeah. And I loved what she said. She was our age. And she's like, said something along the lines of like, the nose ring is here to stay and people are just going to have to deal with it. And I was like, I love that because literally and walking the walk, my everyone else in my field, you're wearing like khakis, polo, brown belt. And I'm like, I'm dressing like all these middle-aged men. I feel so uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't feel confident. And eventually I was like, screw it. Like I'll wear my cute H&M blouse and just wear a logoed vest over it. I'm not wearing a freaking polo belt and khakis like every other dude here. And I just do my job. And yeah, that's, that, that stuff matters, especially to women. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I think going on talking about the inappropriate comments that are made is, well, first of all, I get a lot of them from people, especially on YouTube, but, um, I like, if they don't like, I'm the type of person where I'll call you out. Like if you say something (laughs) that's inappropriate to me, I'm going to call you out because I don't think shitty behavior gets called out enough. And I think it like Mm -hmm. at this day and age, like it needs to be called out. Like I'll literally say to people, I'm like, would you say that to your mom? Would you say that to your wife? Like, what would you do if somebody said that to your wife when you're with her? Mm-hmm. It's like, it's not okay. And I am like, I, again, as we know, I'm a very bullheaded, stubborn, strong person <laughs> where I'm like, no, fuck you. Like, you don't, you do not get to talk to me like that. Like, I just think it's so inappropriate and so disgusting. And you would never, like some of these people, the stuff that they say, they would never say it to me in like in person right. ever. So why do you think you can say it online? You can't. Um, I love the uh, screenshot it and send it to all the women in their lives and let them yes. deal with <laughs> Yeah. Well, actually, this is a really funny story that's very specific to that. I made a reel um, talking about, like, how all of my agriculture content gets served to old oh, men. You pissed off the men there. I did. I pissed off the men. But this one person commented on it, and he had bought some beef from us in the past. And he had, has made, like, some inappropriate comments before and, like, stuff, whatever. He's done that before. But he commented on this one, and he was like, well, it looks like I'm going to buy my beef from somewhere else. And I'm like, honestly, that's fine. But when they bought their beef, it was his wife who came to pick it up. And I so I was so tempted to, like, show her things that he has, like, sent me. But I'm like, I'm not going to because, like, they're – they – stay at the lake that's right here and I'm like I'm not gonna cause like a small town drama (laughs) but also I just wanted to be like this is what your husband has said to me if people are watching this like I'm holding up my phone like this is what I wanted to do it's like this is what your your husband has sent to me a 25 at that time 25 year old girl like so inappropriate but if you're if you're not being too sensitive if you if their comment makes you go um like no it's fine I'm sure they didn't if it makes you go like eh draw the line you I'm sure you know that too yeah and there's there's some comments that like where the line hasn't like yes the line's been crossed but it's like not crossed to the extent of like me wanting to say something then there's people that cross the line enough for me to say something and then there's people that cross the line for me to block And that's just, like, I've made my own boundaries for what is okay for people to say to me and stuff. And we were talking um, before we started recording about, like, some of the truck drivers that I deal with, too. Um, Loading trucks and all that fun stuff that I get to do in the fall. And 
I was saying that like the older truck drivers, and it's again, it's a, also a generational thing, but some of them will make inappropriate comments. And for those, like those guys, I truthfully, I just laugh it off or I make a snappy remark back to them. But um, I had a situation last year where there's a truck driver who is, I think, in his mid-30s. And um, one day after leaving the grain facility, within 10 minutes, so he's driving a semi down the road while he's doing this. He added me on Snapchat, tried to add me, or tried to add me on Snapchat, tried to add me on Facebook, followed me on Instagram, and sent me messages on all three platforms. And, like, those are the type of people that I'm concerned about because he's a young person who could very easily do thing and ob do things and obviously has this technology on his hands where the old guys like yes they make comments that are inappropriate but i just say something down back to them and move on but like not cool <laughs> yeah and that's where i think you have to make sure and for anyone listening of like setting your boundaries and it's not to say that like oh just let it fly like men will be men there are just going to be certain situations that we know that people will act how they act and there are just some things that maybe we have to recognize okay like this is just not worth my energy like fuck that person <laughs> i'm gonna move mm -hmm. on but if you are in a situation that you really are feeling uncomfortable it's impacting how you show up it's impacting your career it's impacting how you can speak to other people you speak up about that and it's not making you like kaylee said earlier it's not like attention seeking it's not making you oh like i'm a woman and this is just so on brand for me or like that's what people are going to mm -hmm. think speak up and get yourself out of a situation if you feel uncomfortable i remember when i first graduated from college i had an internship with a animal health company and i would go on to dairies in the south and have to take blood samples from cows and very often like i needed help with getting some of these cows corralled or in a headlock and very often it was the male workers who would be able to help me and sometimes they would just make comments of nothing of my appearance. And unfortunately in that situation, like I, I truly needed that help, but if it went any further, or if you were in a situation of where you just feel like unsafe or uncomfortable, or honestly, if you're just fed up with it, like you do not have yeah. to get to the point of feeling, oh my gosh, like this is dangerous. Just get yourself out of the situation. Like a job or career is, uh, I don't think it's personally worth it. Yeah. And like, it's hard to, it's like say something, which is hard to do in the moment mm -hmm. as all three of us have been in the moment. And it doesn't need to be like this big prepared speech. It can just be as simple as you're making me uncomfortable or like you can't say that to me and that's it. And then just let the silence eat them up and like make them feel like an idiot. That's all you have to say is like, you're making me uncomfortable. And then they're going to feel really stupid. You don't need to defend yourself further than that. <laughs> well, even yesterday, a simple thing is one of the truck drivers said something to me and I turned to him and I'm like, that's not my job. And he just looked at me and didn't know what to say back. And I'm like, that's not my job. <laughs> mm-hmm. But to wrap it up, I want to talk about the actual beauty of being a woman. Bring back the happiness. Yeah. Um, there are so many beautiful things about being involved in agriculture and being a woman in agriculture. And we did, though, we wanted to recognize that sometimes it does suck and sometimes there are things that make you uncomfortable, but we are all together in it and we can all lift each other up. And, you know, like we're here for you, you're here for us we play an important part as agriculture and Haley has an important story or fun story about her mom being a woman in agriculture that I think just like definitely speaks to the core values of women in agriculture. Yeah. Like what makes being a woman in ag special? I always think of this with my mom and I'll refer to anything with my mom because she's just a badass woman farmer. And today she's involved in the 
um, government side, USDA Farm Service Agency and like loan side. So just involved in a different capacity now at this chapter of her life. But, and for those wanting to get involved, my mom grew up a suburbs, suburbs horse girl. And in seventh grade, she had a sleepover and it was on a dairy farm. And she asked if she could wake up early with the parents and went in, in the dark in the early morning and opened the tie stall doors and fell in love. And that's how she became a dairy farm farmer and started her own first generation dairy farm. So you can do you want to do. I have goosebumps about it. I just love, love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but my mom always said women make this. She says women make the best farmers. Women make great farmers. Um, and there's nothing sexist about this because they're mothers and they're women and they're nurturing, they're considerate and not to say men aren't, but you can't deny women have a natural tendency to nurture. And I always, my mom was the sole dairy farmer on my family's dairy farm. My dad had the off farm job. And I was like, have so many memories of my mom putting quilts on cows with milk fever or just always doing an extra step, bringing a tub of TMR over to a cow that was in the sick pet or hospital pen, like doing special little things for them that she would do for me as a mom, bringing me like a ginger ale when I was on the couch sick. They're just make wonderful, wonderful farmers. Um, yeah, I just love that so much. I think that just fully embodies being a woman in ag. We're freaking awesome. <laughs> I do like I like how you're talking about like the nurturing and the mothering and I even think of like I so Avery's cousin Dalton and I are the ones that get calves together and he is a primary cattle care caretaker and he does a fabulous job but I even notice it like when him and I are handling the calves together mm -hmm. like how I approach it and how he approaches mm -hmm. it so not that he's doing it wrong by any means and we just approach it I think in like a gentler calmer patient patient <laughs> nurturing way and mm -hmm. yeah, it's definitely like it's beautiful to see and beautiful to be a part of which leads into my favorite part about being an, a woman in agriculture is I think just being so connected to the soil to the animals to the food we eat like it's so beautiful and I just feel so at peace when I'm on the farm and I just wish it's something that more people could experience because it is just like, to be able to step outside and, for example, like, we have a cornfield here at our house and, like, every day to be able to walk up to the corn plant and just, like, see it growing and experience the growth every year and the challenges and how we overcome them. Like, it's just beautiful. And so mm. I love it. <laughs> oh, man. Just building off of everything that y'all have said, I think sometimes even I just forget how lucky I am to have grown up in agriculture, right? When you're involved in it, it's like, oh, yeah, this is just normal. But it is so cool to get to be a part of agriculture and being a woman in ag, I think it's incredible, the community around it, because we, you know, we shared some of the stories that unfortunately people have to deal with, but there's just such a badass group of women that are involved in agriculture. And in general, like the people in ag are so hardworking and awesome, but for women specifically, because, you know, we're biased, we're ladies, I think we're pretty freaking cool, but the women that are in ag and outside of ag too, but they're smart assertive. They're able to bring a different level of creativity, I think, and hardworking, of course, but also very empathetic, as you said. And I mm -hmm. think that's able to just bring in such a really important perspective and a mindset and a really important viewpoint to the table that without ladies, just I don't think things could be done as beneficial or as efficient. And I think our viewpoint is just so, so valuable. And if you are in a position that you are very often direct or you have to maybe be a little bit more blunt and you like to lead and you ever have people say, oh, like you get called a bitch or you get called bossy. Cause I hear that 
so often with women. Like there's a woman in leadership position and then someone's like, she's a bitch. I'm like, you wouldn't say that about a guy. So if you're ever in that position, honestly, take it as a compliment. And I think it's so awesome to see ladies lean into that. Like, oh, you think I'm a bitch? You think I'm bossy? Fine. Like I would rather be bossy than play small because you feel insecure. And I think for like wrapping that up, any woman in ag listening to this, if someone is trying to bring you down, it's because they're insecure. It's because they feel threatened and don't let it dim your shine. Love that so much. (laughs) So, so great. I'm feeling empowered. Everyone else does too. Yeah. Let's like go run through some walls, but (laughs) (laughs) as we run through our walls, let's head into our hot take and the hot take that I wanted to chat about as we are now officially into Christmas season, Thanksgiving's done. We can now listen to Christmas music, watch the movies without judgment. Cause I already have been, <laughs> as I know a lot of us have, I wanted to hear what is your fave underrated Christmas song or movie? And maybe to some people it's not underrated, but for you, what do you feel is like a very underrated song or Christmas movie? Haley, let's hear yours as you were kind of our Christmas queen. <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. So I love all the classics. This is so mean to have to pick. Like, I do love the classics, um, the old ones you grew up on. But so because of that, I'm like, so never wanting to like let a new Christmas movie enter my heart because I'm like, no, you're not what I grew up on. It's not the nostalgia. You're not in my movie rotation for Christmas. But I did like in college or something, my siblings and I watched it. And it's one of my favorites now, Arthur Christmas. It's an animated one and maybe it's popular with kids. I don't know, but oh my gosh, it's so cute. And it has like adult humor weaved into it. Kind of like the office type humor. It's hilarious. Um, this is, I mean, applicable to this episode because, um, I think it's funny. It's inappropriate humor, but the guy's like Santa, it's impossible. And he's like, they used to say that about teaching women to read, but it can, <laughs> oh my god it can just, that's funny but it's like a kids movie but it's just like this i love it arthur christmas watch it What's so amazon prime i have it purchased you have to rent it <laughs> that's hilarious <laughs> oh what my about gosh. a song do you have an underrated song yes christmas tree farm by taylor swift so good i know emily hates it well i don't hate it it's just i guess for me like i'm like that with music where i kind of like to stick to the classics. It mm-hmm. takes a lot for one of the new pop songs or something to weave its way into my Christmas music rotation. So what's your, what's your underrated movie or song and song? Okay. Well, man, I was only thinking of songs. So I don't, for a movie, I haven't watched it in forever, but just, I remember growing up watching it and I don't know if it's technically a Christmas movie. Do y'all remember Annabelle's Wish? Yeah. Was yeah. that a Christmas movie? Yes, it is. I'm like going to start crying all of a sudden. I just said that and I like got goosebumps. Weird. Um, Nostalgia. Nostalgia. I haven't watched it in so long, but I feel, I just remember loving that movie growing up. So I feel like that would be my kind of underrated one or just maybe forgotten. But for my fave song, it's a take on one of the most popular songs in existence. All I want for Christmas is you, but it's the Justin Bieber version with Mariah Carey. So oh. back in high school, he came out with his own Christmas album. Oh, man, I was obsessed with it. I still am. I still listen to it. But his version, like their duet of All I Want for Christmas is You, is 
superior to the OG All I Want for Christmas is You to me. I love it. I listened to it at the gym today. Um, <laughs> I have to listen to it. Okay, so a funny story about Justin Bieber's Christmas album is actually my friend sent me a TikTok about Justin Bieber. It's unrelated to Christmas. And I like forgot he existed, to be honest. How do but- you? <laughs> In, in middle school, I was, like, obviously one of, like... A believer. Yeah, a believer. or had Bieber fever, like, obsessed. And his Christmas album came out right around my birthday. And one of my friends, one of my guy friends of all people, bought it for me as an eighth grader and gave it to me for my birthday. And I, like, listened to it nonstop for the longest time. Amazing. So, he he is his Christmas album is very underrated. I would say it's really yes. good. Um, on the note of songs, and I actually included one of his songs in my playlist. So I have a trap Christmas playlist that I listen to, and we'll have to link it because it's just like Christmas songs, but like with a trap spin to it. And the whole reason I got into it was in college. We had a Christmas party every year. And you know you want Christmas songs, but you also want party songs. So mm-hmm. we would mix those in. But I include some of Justin Bieber's, like his drummer boy is part <laughs> yes. of that song. That's a very underrated Christmas song. I love that one. But like that's part of the playlist as well. And then for movies, any of like the Claymation Christmas movies, they're so nostalgic for me. And I wish they were on like Amazon. They might be on Amazon now. I wish they were on Disney Plus or something where I could easily access all of them instead of watching like a pirated version on YouTube. <laughs> but they're just they're just so cute and cozy and I love them. Love now it. I just want to like cuddle up and no. listen to Christmas music and watch movies and I don't know, just do everything holiday. Wait, can I say one more? I just thought of it. I, don't know. <laughs> I think it's the best. Holiday in handcuffs. It's an ABC one. It's so niche. It's Mario Lopez and oh um, my gosh, Joan Hart. I don't know why, but I'm obsessed with it. And I literally like paid fifty or sixty dollars for it on DVD on Amazon Prime a few years ago because I had to have it. Now it's freaking like available on Netflix or something like that. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like track this movie down years ago, and now it's like free for the world. But it's so good. Oh. I- I had, I had, I feel like we could have a whole episode just on this. Okay, one more though. Holiday, mm. or the one with uh oh, who's it? Who is it? Um, it's on Netflix, right? Yes, it's with the girl. Oh my gosh, Emma. Emma. Um, Emma. I know. I she's know from American movie. Horror Story, but it's it's a comedy, and basically, it's a couple that dates like they'll pretend to be boyfriend girlfriend on all the holidays yes and it was honestly so just good. like it made me laugh how loud like ruben watched it with me oh emma roberts <laughs> yeah um, luke bracy i just like i was cackling in that movie and i just thought like this was so surprising why yeah, is that- it's on netflix mm-hmm. for christmas movies like that people need to like pay someone to be their partner to come home to for the holidays like are people's families that shitty <laughs> and i've been dating ruben too long to say anything about the dating pool nowadays <laughs> i well, my, I'm throwing my cousin Kayla under the bus. She's <laughs> single. And, like, yeah, we, like, she's our age. And so, yeah, we're sometimes, like, oh, are you dating anyone? But also more so because I want to live vicariously through her mm. in the stages of her relationship. <laughs> I'm, like, judging her for not dating anyone. Um, oh, I just had a thought on a Christmas movie, and now I forgot. We should, one of our social posts this week will be, like, an extensive list of Christmas movies that we, oh, this is what I was thinking. 
I love in the Christmas season time is like instead of working at my desk with my like desktop computer, I will bring my laptop and I will plant my happy ass on the couch and I will just have Christmas movies on constant. It just makes me like feel so happy and maybe I'm not as productive as I need to be then because I have a movie playing, but I just love it. Happy you don't back. need to be. It's the holidays. <laughs> right. Love it. It's so fun. Okay, well, thanks for listening to this fun episode. Stay tuned to our socials, especially this week when we share all of our Christmas movies for you to watch all our suggestions. But thanks for listening to the episode. Thanks for being here. Thanks for any DMs, comments, likes, follows, reviews, all the things. It is so fun to see everything from all of you guys. And thanks for being here. Bye. Bye. Bye.